0: with the power of 3D and moving from the physical uh, world to the digital world, we can really start to experience and immerse ourselves into this uh, new reality and a reality that doesn't really exist in the real world, which is really cool. And understanding how things work, how things look, how things feel, smell, sound, and the world that we all know, the real world, and then going in this, uh, 3D world, CGI world, and then twisting that and hacking it and making a totally different reality. It just allows for different kind of experiences to be made. And that's really the beauty of it. And uh, I mean, also to your point of like things starting to turn into 3D, it's creating a crossroad between the real and the fake, the possible and the impossible. And to me as a designer, it's really unleashing imagination to its ultimate level, unleashing creativity to its ultimate level just because we can basically do uh, what could not be done before and having that power to do it it's really cool
1: Hi everyone welcome to design drives where we explore why how and what design and designers are driving forward the mission is to interview the most forward-thinking designers and most innovative creators on the planet to inspire and help you to reach your full creative potential and to make a positive impact in the world. In this episode, I had the pleasure to chat with Hussein Al Mosavi, founder and creative director at Mossavi Studios based in the US. Hussein has a long experience in industrial and advanced visualization, working at companies like Nike, Adidas, Electronic Games, or Apple, or many others, um, doing award winning design work and really stunning creative work. With him, I talk about how nowadays the artificial and the real come more and more together. They are even hard to distinguish. On the flip side, empower empowers designers for incredible creativity. With 3D, physical design, digital design, it all starts to blend together into one holistic immersive experience with incredible opportunities for designers. So I hope you enjoy the episode. All right, I'm here with Hussain Al-Mossavi. Thank you so much for taking the time.
0: Thank you, thanks for having me. Pleasure to be here.
1: Yeah, we really looking forward to the exchange with you. So you're the founder and director of Mosavi Studios uh, based in the U.S. And um, I think what you are very well known for is your work in CGI and industrial design. So we're going to dig into your process behind it. We're also going to dig into the intersection of the designing 3D and digital and designing 3D and physical. And especially looking at the technologies and how everything is evolving these days how all is coming together right so we're going to talk a little bit about the future of design on the intersection of 2d and 3d but um before doing that i think it would be really great for the audience if you can just give a bit of context about yourself a little bit about your journey how it all started out for you
0: sure sure yeah so so once again thanks for having me uh so for me it started uh, i guess from an educational standpoint i started out uh, doing my bachelor's in graphic design at the University of Illinois. And then I did my master's in industrial design in the University of Alberta. And I always had a passion for 3D, whether it was graphic design or industrial, I always had a passion for 3D. So that took me on the journey of getting into industrial design, designing products, and then going a step further and exploring visual effects and CGI, animation. And eventually it was just my passion of You know, having the love for design, I'd say, that allowed me to mix all those uh, three worlds together. So that was from an educational standpoint. Then from a career standpoint, I've worked at different companies at different times. Uh, I started out with an internship at Nike. And I have been, I've worked with companies like uh, Adidas. I was a senior designer at Adidas. I've consulted on projects uh, with Nike. I've worked for uh, companies like uh, Versace, Reebok, uh, Intel. Uh, Even now through my own studio, Musawi Studios, uh, I get to work with all these amazing brands at different times and different projects. So so it's exciting to mix them all together.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And we're going to talk a little bit about that that work for sure. I think also we just, before we started the recording, we were talking a little bit and you were saying you are actually originally from Bahrain. Yes, that's right. So how does these roots that you have there in the Middle East sort of influence you as a designer? Is there any kind of influence for you?
0: Uh, For sure. I think like everybody has, you know, wherever you come from, uh, there's a culture behind you and there's a mentality behind how you think, the things you see, the things you are exposed to, uh, the things that you are interested in. So I think it's different for everybody. And then once we get together in these big companies, it becomes a melting pot and we all start to add to that pot. Uh, In terms of coming from Bahrain specifically for me, it was, so Bahrain is a very small island on the other side of the world. Many people don't know about it. Uh, for me, the exciting part was just being from the small island and dreaming really big. One day I want to be at Nike. One day I want to be at Adidas. One day I want to be at this company. So so it's really that having that dream and that passion that drove me coming from a place that not many people knew about and trying to prove myself and uh, do something on a bigger level that has impact through these you know, world-known uh, companies. So, so definitely that.
1: Yeah, that's amazing. And basically you are... The, the dream that you are describing, is that something that sort of like was there before you came to the U.S.? And I think you moved into the U.S. for your education. Is that right? When you were starting your design education or did you move earlier? Right?
0: Exactly. I moved here for my bachelor's degree. So up until high school, I was in Bahrain. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I think like there was always this big passion, this big dream. But the more you achieve and the more you get to some of your goals, you start to get new goals Uh, You start to understand things better. Uh, You start to understand your process better, your goals, your dreams. So so that shifts and changes along the way. And even up until now, like I've worked at many of the places I always dreamed about. But then there's always the question of what's next? What do I want to do? I was a senior designer in Adidas. Was that enough? No, what's next? I want to start my own studio. And now I have my own studio. And same thing, you know, it's just being hungry for more and more and more while uh, trying to stay focused and be humble at the same time.
1: Yeah, and I think confidence starts to build up then from there, right? I mean, like if you have that dream that you wanted to go after, right? And then you have sort of the first moment of success, right? You get into the program in the US. I can imagine, right? It was a, a constant sort of like uh, stepping stone, right?
0: Absolutely, absolutely. And even coming to the US and working as an international student,
1: that in itself, it's a big
0: challenge with the visa issues and all that stuff so so yeah definitely just being hungry for more and wanting to prove yourself and achieving your big goals and dreams definitely that was the driving force for me at least
1: Mm -hmm. yeah i mean that's an amazing story and then i'm wondering so when you were you know working all of these different companies what was sort of like the first project where you kind of figured out like the positive effect that you can um you know make through design when I say positive effect, this can be have many ways and this can be, for example, impact on the brand, right? This can be like an impact on the business. This can be impact on social and environmental issues, right? So was there any kind of specific project maybe that you came across or that sort of like stood out for you as sort of like a, a first insight on, on, on making sort of a positive contribution to the background of a designer?
0: sure 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 i think there's a few i mean just working with some of these big companies as you can imagine each project is interesting in its own way i think like if i categorize it, i'd say the sports uh, projects and companies those are like my number one because that was always my passion Uh, for example with nike working on the packaging for kobe bryant's shoe it was like a release that they made celebrating all the previous shoes that they had done for him in black and white colors it was for his retirement and then I got to do the packaging for that shoe. And the, it was like snake scales done out of 3D and black and white that looked like concrete. So there was a cool storytelling aspect behind it. And as a designer, I felt a very, a very nice contribution to one of my favorite players of all time because I love basketball. And it was a cool contribution to his career and celebrating his career in a very nice way because it was coming to an end. So that was one thing. Uh, another sport project that I got to Be a part of and work on was a launch campaign for one of the shoes at Nike for the World Cup in 2014, the Mercurials Superfly. I was part of the initial phases of that, the concepting and uh, working with the team on some ideas. So that was really cool to see like a project that the whole world got to see a few months later. And just being a part of the ideation process, the art direction process, seeing the amazing work that the team does and contributing to it. So that was definitely another one. And another sports project, I'd say, would be James Harden. Uh, he's a signature athlete with Adidas. So I got to work on uh, James Harden, too, for example, his, uh, the traction pattern on his shoe. And I got to work with an amazing team and, you know, just have my input on a shoe that he ended up uh, winning the MVP title that year, which is the most valuable player. So, of course, he did the hard work, but <laughs> it's cool to, to, to feel that you are a bit part of that uh celebration that he has and that big achievement so yeah. that's on the sports level And the i'd say outside of these companies there are two projects that i worked on that i felt a huge impact and i personally as a designer felt it uh it left a good impact on the world uh, one was uh, the n cycle which is an electric bike that i designed with my friend uh, marine miftio in 2014 and the whole idea of this bike was that it uh, it looks different than any other bike and the way that it's manufactured. And it's a very iconic electric bike. So we had a lot of challenges with the way the frame of that bike looked. But uh, with multiple uh, prototypes and not giving up and being persistent that we want to achieve it, we were able to make a bike that looked different, looked iconic. But at the same time, you know, engineering-wise, it worked. So for me, that was like a big... Uh, success i'd say as a designer and that bike now like every two months it's in a different museum around the world and people are still talking about it and uh, it's nice to see that we we were able to leave a positive effect in the bike design world so that was one thing the second product uh, which stopped at the concept level but i think it it, has, it still has potential uh it's a medical ring it's a smart ring that measures the oxygen saturation level uh, in the blood, which Apple also already does it now in the watches after, after that ring came out. Uh, so it's for people with sickle cell disease. And where I come from, Bahrain, we have a lot of situations where people are dying from this disease. And this ring, basically, if it alerts you that your oxygen saturation level is changing, it can definitely prevent death and it could uh, leave a positive impact on the society and the community and yeah uh, i think that's something that i'm proud of but unfortunately it never hit the market so i don't know if it counts
1: (laughs) there's a problem with many design projects right sometimes you know you you design it but it doesn't mean it comes to the market we're not always in control of that as designers Um, yeah but i think very cool to hear about the different stories I think what I think people often underestimate is sort of the whole process that goes into that, right? If you talked about the project with uh, Kobe Bryant, for example, right. And about all these other people, like how much thought there is on the whole narrative that gets created, how much ideation there is. Can you talk a little bit towards like your general process with these projects, uh, specifically, I think because interesting, you have been working in industrial design, sort of on a conceptual side, right. But then you also work a lot on like advanced visualization, right So I'm wondering if you look into your process a little bit like how do you mix it up right and how do you basically you know bring in you know because many people think advanced visualization is something you do at the very end but you know maybe not so much anymore. I think you can do if you could do properly like you know a lot of like visualization early early on already and spend a lot of time there. can you talk a little bit about maybe also you know, your process there and also how this maybe has changed throughout the years because you have been, you already had like a long career working on like very different process and the tools have been increasing and becoming so much better in the last years, right? So we'll be curious about that. Sure.
0: I think there's a good amount of overlap between industrial design side and the advanced visualization. Of course, each has its own things that are different, but in a general sense, I would say uh, I always start out with the story. What's the story if I'm designing a car or if I am designing uh, something that moves and breaks and explodes in CGI? So what's the story? What's the narrative? And then from that, I start to ideate around uh, different keywords. So I put like different keywords based on my story. I want it to look strong. I want it to look uh, uh, soft. I want it to break. I want it to shatter, Uh, you know, different emotions that I can capture through my design. Yeah, so the idea of emotions is really important, whether it's a product or whether it's CGI. And then I start to design around those emotions and explore. And like even with Adidas, I was a senior concept designer. Uh, Big part of it is just to, I put really rough and quick ideas, whether it's on paper, whether it's in 3D, and just put them in front of you. And then you and the teams can start to get together and see what works, what doesn't work, start to mix and match ideas start to reference ideas that you find online, you find outside in nature. Uh, So it's not just Pinterest. Uh, Lots of people just go to Pinterest. Uh, It can be much more than that, you know, just being a sponge and absorbing everything around you, being inspired by everything around you. Uh, Like now I'm talking to you, like uh, I can learn a lot. I can grasp a lot. Uh, I go to a museum. I go to the airport. I go to the shopping mall and so on. There's always stuff that you can soak in uh so yeah that's the inspiration part once you take that inspiration and you start to do some research and start to do some of the prototypes let's say uh see what ideas work what don't work and then i start to mix the strongest ideas together and then i start to explore for my final execution and then even in the final execution that's where i start to also explore materials Like let's say I'm designing a watch. If I put a plastic material on that watch or a leather material or a metal material, just visually to the eyes, it's three very different experiences. So what do I want the user to experience? How do I want them to feel? Am I achieving that? So constantly I'm asking myself those questions along the process and also validating with people around me. Like Does this work? Does this not work? Maybe it's a color thing. Maybe it's a material thing. Maybe it's a lighting thing. So all of these really play a huge role in the final outcome that is one image. People see it like you go to any brand store, I won't mention any names. You see a watch, for example, on the wall, you see a laptop, you think that's it. But no, there's like uh, hours and hours and hours of research and inspiration and work that went into that. So
1: Makes sense. And then I think, you know, since you're working with a lot of different brands, you know, and a lot of like on conceptual work, how much do you focus sort of like on where the brand is right now and maybe where the brands maybe wants to go or maybe where the brand could go? If you consider like the last one, maybe like, you know, all over consumer trends, cultural trends. Sure.
0: Yeah. It all depends really on the client and the brief, yeah. like some clients it's set. Like every year they change 1% of their direction yeah, yeah, and it's pretty much the same every year because they're happy with the results and it. You know, their consumers are used to it. They have their own reasoning behind it. Some are no, some are like, it's a free brief, do whatever you want. Like I just did the project for Intel, for example. And this was one of my favorite projects since I started my studio. And the idea was to create 12 short uh, 15 second animations that capture different kind of emotions. So we call the movie sensations, not a movie, but it's like a short film, sensations. And I had full freedom in terms of how I wanted to light the scenes, materials, music, and all of those things. So it really depends on the client. And as an artist, when I have that freedom, I feel like I can express myself more and also bring out stuff that is new or maybe unexpected more rather than playing it safe.
1: Yeah, you mentioned artists there, right? I think that's kind of interesting. So do you think of yourself more as a, of an artist or basically as a designer? Two different things, right?
0: Yeah, I th- I think it, when you blur the lines between the digital and the physical, between the industrial design and the CGI, I think it is definitely blurring the lines between the designer and the art. You need that art, even as a designer. You need that artistic hat on, even if you're designing just a car. uh If we're just talking about pure aesthetics and craft, uh, I feel like you do put your artistic hat on. So so definitely you need both uh both to come together and you know you come up with something nice yeah yeah i mean if a good example is like leonardo da vinci with his uh explorations and his notebooks he always makes the world of science together with art and the more you fuse and merge different disciplines together that's where innovation happens even if it's visual innovation we're talking about uh, renders and like advanced visualization That in itself can be innovative and you start to mix different disciplines together.
1: 100% agreeing that the innovation often lies in the interdisciplinary. So I totally, totally agreeing to that. Creating different flavors of um, sort of like complementary skill sets or a set of skills, you're automatically going to create a different result and a different approach towards um, a problem or a question, right? So yeah, super interesting. Mm-hmm. Can you maybe talk a little bit about also how maybe that that has changed through like the, the recent years? Because I think what's interesting is really the how how advanced tools have become, how accessible tools have become, right? If you're thinking just about the fact that you know a lot of these tools are now free to use. Um and I think like when you maybe were starting out, it was not the case. It was something that was very difficult. Do you over, do you see a trend towards that these tools getting more and more accessible and like, you know, even for designers who have less experience, they can create very stunning results or you feel like it's a very like vertical space where like basically you would need like tons of years of experience in order to to get to results. Sure. I mean,
0: definitely to start with the last part, the tons of years of experience, definitely the more you have that, the better it is because the stronger you will be no matter what. But the mo- how accessible it is being, uh, like 3D, it was always looked at as a very difficult thing to do. And even in the industry, even when I was in the industry, a 3D artist was usually just looked at as a 3D artist, not a 3D designer. And there was always this challenge of, no, 3D can be a process, it can be a tool to think and to design stuff that looks cool and different. And there was always this clash in the industry. Like some people would get it, some people would not get it. But I feel like it's really changing now with these young designers and Instagram, the crazy stuff you're seeing. Even with a program like Gravity Sketch, for example, uh, where you can just put on your VR headset. And every industrial designer is going in there, especially in footwear, and easily doing something in 3D that they would dream of doing before. So, So the tools are definitely advancing. It's becoming easier. A tool like Substance Painter, for example, Adobe Substance. Uh, Just going and exploring materials just like that, really quick. Seeing stuff that looks super realistic. This was stuff that was really hard to do 10 years ago. And you really had to have uh, watched like lots of YouTube videos just to understand how it works and how to do it. But uh, I think it's a good and a bad thing. Uh, I won't say a bad thing. I think it's a good thing. It's a good thing because, you know, there's more great work coming out. And there's more people inspiring each other. Uh, maybe the bad side is that being as, like very skilled in one area, like 3D, now the door is open to more people. So there's more saturation, I'd say. Uh, I don't know. We can debate if it's a good or a bad thing. But uh, definitely it's becoming more accessible, more easier. And people are doing amazing work. I mean, just on Instagram and social media, it's crazy the stuff that I'm seeing.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, I'm agreeing to the same thing. Yeah, definitely the market is getting more saturated, but yeah, also my feeling is that, you know, these tools becoming more and more accessible. You see people that, you know, where you would usually have a learning curve when a designer would start out of like many, many years until they would actually create a result that, you know, nowadays people can create after a shorter length of education. Um, and, mm-hmm. you know, I think what's also interesting is like the, the aspect you mentioned about social media. I think there's also maybe the aspect that everything has become so visual um you know um if you think about ads on social media if you think about how we consume content the amount of content we consume compared maybe to 10 years ago like the amount of the amount of screen time that is happening either in front of like a, a, a horizontal screen or a vertical screen on the go um that has been just increasing a lot and i think that's fueling that trend towards Absolutely. towards yeah. visualization i think right that- um, Absolutely. Um, do you have to- and to your point also, what's
0: interesting is that, like, if I look back 10 years ago, uh, even if I look back five years ago, maybe, like you're an interior designer, you're an automotive designer, graphic designer, uh, footwear designer, everybody was just doing one thing. And it's sh- like, it's really shifting now. And it, I don't think it should be the way it was. Like now somebody can do the 3D and the footwear and the color and the material. So, as a designer, it's nice to have a say in the different areas and to also explore and have fun because that's part of the design process uh, choosing the colors I mean not just uh, in the industry, you have a color designer who does that, choosing the materials. you have a material designer who does that interior uh, exterior and so on. So I think it's nice to be to have different kind of skill sets and bring that to the table and I think it just makes the project much stronger and better.
1: yeah. There is no much, not much, not much advantage of splitting up the design process into, like a lot of different small pieces, right? And oh, um, sure. you also constantly have knowledge transfer that you need to do. Of course, it's like important to have specialists along like a design project, but absolutely like yeah, to yeah, your yeah. degree. To you, to what you're saying, I think you know the more mature designer gets, like the more he can actually cover potentially like the whole process, right? And I think that's very powerful for. A design team right uh, or like a design product if someone can actually do that the whole way yes. um and i think the other point that you make is so important as well it's like you know i think there is the overall trend towards like of course with design because it's so visual to put people into boxes right if you have if you have been working on three shoes you're a shoe designer and nobody's going to trust you they can do anything else uh than shoes right but actually you know i it's like so great to break out of these boxes, and I think, I think it's seeing if you see that trends. I think it's very positive for the design industry. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know, I think it just creates you know better designers and more interesting outcomes. You know, if people are more open minded and you can work on different different topics than just for sure, for sure, a very specific one.
0: And to your point, also, I'll just add one thing. Uh, I think like even if you are in the industry and like you are doing one specific thing as a designer, uh, even conceptual projects, whether it's in the company you are working with or outside, I think that will really fuel your energy and your creativity as well. Like if I'm just working on shoes and then on the side, I'm doing a car for fun. I'm doing a chair, furniture. uh, It will really, you know, uh, let you get out of that bubble that you're in and, once you get back into the footwear project or any other project, you will go back in with a higher level of energy.
1: Yeah, it's like cross-inspiration, right? Absolutely. And, you know, Absolutely. I think a lot of lot of times people in design agencies, they, you know, they talk about how it is inspiring that you have, you know, different design teams working on different things. So you maybe have a team working on something on fashion, and you have another project, like working people work on like a different you know, department. But it's still different teams right and like yeah. the people in the team sometimes just experience like one vertical but you know I, I think it's you know it's just more even more stronger if like you know one designer could experience these different things like you said like if because it inspires you you learn from your project on the shoe design for your chair design project for your automotive design project. like Absolutely. it's all you know it's all building up on each other And I think, you know, I think very often designers are not aware of the amount of inspiration that's leading to creative results. You know, I think we're coming up with ideas, but, you know, maybe this idea was sort of sparked two years ago by an image we saw or an experience we made. I think Mm. it's so hard to like back root or find the root of like an inspiration, you know? Sure, sure, sure. Oftentimes not possible but um yeah the more you see the more creative experiences you have the the more rich you, uh, your ideas will be absolutely 100% um i think an, uh, when we talk about tours another thing is that you know nowadays not talking about design visualization is like you know you could almost design sometimes like in uh, specifically if we're looking at like where you know computing is going is that you can design directly in the visualization right um they 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 really like blurs the the boundaries right where you design but like instead of like pressing on the render buttons and then see it 10 minutes later it can happen all in 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 real time right Mm -hmm. and um i think so if that's a that's an it's an overall trend how do you think it's sort of like changing the the design process uh
0: definitely like doing stuff in real time uh i mean just the amount of time that it gives you I mean, you're a designer, you understand. Uh, just having to wait 10 minutes, 15 minutes, half an hour for every render to come out, you lose your flow. And if I'm just changing, let's talk about materials. If I have an object and I place a, a, a material on it, whatever material, and I can see that it works or doesn't work, and I can do a second and a third and a fourth in just less than one minute, um, you know, I'm kind of in the zone and I'm trying, I understand what how things are changing. Even if I'm looking at lighting, for example, if I'm changing my light in my 3D scene and I'm seeing it in real-time shifting and changing and the shadows, how they are working and interacting with each other, definitely the outcome will be much better. It all comes back to the idea of speed and saving time, being in the zone, uh, no disruptions. As for where it's going in the future, I mean, I think it's just getting faster and faster and better and better. Still, it has like some stuff that uh, renders out really slow, like refractive materials and other stuff. But the more we can see stuff in real time, especially with animation and motion, just the more mind blowing the final result will be. Like I have no doubt about that.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, it's like, you know, people can imagine imagine it if they're thinking about UX UI. I don't know if that makes sense, but like you would design a UX directly with the w- UI, sort of say, right? I think mm-hmm. um, you, you, you directly in the final product uh in the final result and and i think yeah it's a different way of of designing um for sure for sure i I mean even
0: talking about materials to your point like if i'm doing a cgi piece i would do the animatic and then just stuff moving and then looking at it in grayscale that's usually how it works as a preview but recently it's become where you can start to explore the materials from the very first step and explore the lighting from the very first step and then start to see how the motion will work and everything else will work so it's really, it becomes less restrictive in terms of what comes first in the process, which mm-hmm. becomes more interesting.
1: Yeah, I think what's super interesting also about your work is that, you know, you have been working a lot in, in, in CGI, of course, specifically right now, I think we're in an interesting time where I think the, 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 the boundaries between digital and physical, but also uh, when we think about sort of the interface design kind of blur together, if we think about augmented reality, um, experiences, but I think there's also conversation around, which, which, you know, in fact, for the audience, so they, they understand it, you know, very often, like, argumentuality interfaces are actually designed in 3D instead mm-hmm. of, like, 2D, right? Um, you kind of design it differently, and I actually know a lot of industry designers who are basically working on interface design, um, basically for augmented because they know how to design, like, three-dimensional objects. And I think that's an, that's an interesting direction. I think where everything now comes together, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's, there's not much so much more blo- b- boundaries between like you know someone that is really into like physical design and digital design. It all starts to come together. And yeah. if we if we but if we go one step further than that, I think the, the other trend is that it's nowadays like even very hard to understand like you know is something real or not right as these kind of two things like physical and digital and real or not and like artificial or real are really blurring and you know there's a big conversation also around like deep fakes right where mm-hmm. you you like and i don't know if there are deep fakes for for nike shoe and things but uh, basically the, the, i think that that's an overall conversation and you know, sometimes it's more important for people. Sometimes it's less important for. That depends on how critical the information is. But you know, how do you, how do you kind of see this uh, sort of all evolving uh, from your perspective? Because you're working in that space so closely. Sort of like, <clears> do you <throat> see some kind of overall trend, or maybe there's some questions you sometimes ask yourself in, in that regard, in terms of like how it all could move forward for the role of designer when it comes to this intersection of like real versus not real.
0: Yeah, I I think with the power of 3D and moving from the physical uh, world to the digital world, we can really start to experience and immerse ourselves into this uh, new reality and a reality that doesn't really exist in the real world, which is really cool. And understanding how things work, how things look, how things feel, smell, sound, and the world that we all know, the real world, and then going in this... uh, 3D world, CGI world, and then twisting that and hacking it and making a totally different reality. It just allows for different kind of experiences to be made. And that's really the beauty of it. And uh, I mean, also to your point of like things starting to turn into 3D, it's creating a crossroad between the real and the fake, the possible and the impossible. And to me as a designer, it's really unleashing imagination to its ultimate level, unleashing creativity to its ultimate level. Just because we can basically do uh, what could not be done before. And having that power to do it, it's really cool. So, I mean, for example, in CGI, just to kind of also draw an example, you have a concrete brick, for example. It falls on the ground, it shatters. That's how we know it. And, you know, everybody knows that. It's heavy. But in 3D, you can make a concrete brick, but maybe it's inflating now and it's floating in the air and it pops. So, very unexpected. (laughs) Didn't didn't think that's going to happen it's a fun experience. It's an unexpected experience and it's something uh, it's almost like an illusion. I would say if I want to draw it back to the real world. So uh, as a designer, just to wrap that point up as a designer, I think it's really uh, pushing the limits of imagination and creativity, which is amazing. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. It it allows for, you know, yeah more experiments. Your example somehow reminded me of the area of food design. So, you know, um, you know, actually a friend of mine, he's really like deep into um, like designing these kind of food experiences that you bite into it and you expect it to taste something, but it actually is something different. So you take, for example, a tomato and a strawberry, for example, and exactly. you know, you bite Play, playing
0: it. and messing with the sensations. That's exactly it.
1: Yeah. Exactly. Right. And I think that's, that's of course possible and um, shifting people's mind. Yeah. I, I think there are a lot of opportunities when it comes to that. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think we had a really great chat. I mean, it's it's so interesting to hear about, like you create a process. And I think this, this whole basically intersection of physical digital and, and and where it all goes, I'm excited to kind of see how it is going to all evolve if we kind of layering all of these new digital infrastructure aspects on it, like NFT and, 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 and and sort of data informed design decision-making, you know, this idea to move between abstract and, and concrete more instantly with like real-time visualization and, and, um, yeah, how like the, the, the role of designer going to continue to change. Sure, uh, I think sure. it, Um, we are just at this moment in time, but it, I think it's. Going to continue to evolve. And I think also in, in five years, the role of designer is going to change a lot. Considering all of these enablers that we are looking at all of these powerful tools and, and new processes and innovations that are coming and helping us through, and I think, um, you know, uh, uh, enable us for more creativity, I think. 100%. 100%. Um, Yeah, so thank you so much for for taking the the time. Um, And I would just love to thank you on behalf of the audience for, you know, taking the time here to chat with
0: us. Thank you for having me. It was really nice chatting with you. Thank you so much.
1: All right, that was the episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed the episode, make sure you give it a thumbs up and let me know in the comments about your thoughts and biggest learnings from the episode. I'm always super curious about that. You can also tag me in a post about your biggest takeaway and share your insights with others and pass on your learnings. If the episode provided you a lot of value, make sure to follow, subscribe and share with friends and colleagues so they also have the chance to learn and grow. Until next time. Cheers.